Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I feel I've known you all my life. And what was coming through from that time of worship just went right through to my heart. And we just, my wife and I, Marjorie, we just feel so at home amongst you. And I feel very privileged to be allowed by <coughs> Pastor Shazam to bring the word. I feel very humbled and, and I do thank you for this opportunity, brother. I really do. Uh, and so uh, I also thank Mark for all the work he's done to build this up. It's absolutely amazing. Our house is full of wires and microphones. And, and anyway, that's enough of that. Um, I'm turning to um, Colossians chapter 1 uh, and reading uh, <coughs> verses 12 to 23. Colossians chapter 1, reading verses 12 to 23. And if you're following it, I'll just give you a moment there to look it up. So here we go then from uh, verse 12. <coughs> Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated, alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel 
which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under the sun, under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made Amen. a minister. Amen. I get out of breath every now and then, so you must excuse me. Our theme this morning is witnessing for Christ. Witnessing for Christ. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, is the command of Jesus himself. Acts 1 verse 8. It has been suggested that I might include my personal testimony, which I am happy to do with your permission. I just ask that you would look beyond the servant and see only the Saviour and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, this is the part of uh, where I uh, give a, a word of testimony and then I will go on into uh, going into the word. I was brought up the only child by my parents uh, they did not go to church uh, and they did not encourage me to go to church either. So how was the seed planted in my young heart that would eventually lead me to this present day and time of rejoicing in my Saviour? How was it sown? Listen, it was planted through the witness of a ten-year-old boy. A ten-year-old boy. It was 1941 at the beginning of a new term at school. And I found myself sitting in one of those double desks. You know, there's two of you sitting side by side. And I was sitting there with a boy I didn't know. And we sat silently there for some days, not bothering to look at one another. And then all of a sudden he turned to me and he said, Do you go to church? And I said, No. And then he said, Would you like to come to my church? I said, No. And then he said, You'll get paid for it. And I said, When do I start? And that's how I started to go to church. Well, it was the beginning of a seven-year stint of pumping the manual organ uh, for uh, the Methodist Chapel every Sunday evening with my friend, who became a great friend throughout my life, Albert, uh, for which we received ten shillings a year. We be as I say, we became great friends and he was my the best man at our wedding and uh, he went on to be a strong supporter of his own church uh, and fellowship and he's now in glory and he has received brother his reward praise God amen, amen. but what an education not only was I blessed with seven years of listening to sermons <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but uh, but uh, it became my training ground for what was to come. 
and seven years of singing the singing Charles Wesley's wonderful hymns which I rejoice today uh, and which later dear friends which later became the foundation of my faith and my doctrine well, to continue on, after much prompting from the Lord, and that's another story, really, it would take all day, I committed my life to Jesus Christ on the 30th of September, 1958, and went nervously to the men's Bible class, and stood up there, and I gave my testimony in a halting voice. Well, the, my minister, my pastor, was in the next room taking the ladies' class, and he heard this testimony, and he, he came in, and my things started to move before I knew where I was. <laughs> uh, uh, I was ushered into the Methodist church and became a lay preacher, uh, and after two years of study, uh, taking exams and so on, uh, then uh, I felt I could go out on my own then. And I took my trusty guitar with me and um, and I went around uh, the churches uh, singing the gospel. And now that went down well with the children. It didn't go down so well with the adults at the time because <laughs> This was something different. They didn't know what, I was, what a guitar was. But anyway, I must continue on. And so then, uh, the time came when uh, Marjorie and I went, were over at the Baptist Church in our town. <coughs> and um, uh, after I'd been out uh, preaching around, I came back to pick them up. Uh, and at that service, the evening service, the the hour after the service was given over to the teenagers just to relax and come round and it was pandemonium uh, they were running here and running there and making so much noise and I came into the hall and Marjorie of course said Bob what are you going to do about it I said what do you mean she said go and get your guitar and do something so I went and I stood on a chair uh, in the middle of the room and I started to sing gospel songs uh, and then soon a crowd of the youngsters had gathered round uh, and, and that was that well the, the next week the pastor came to me and asked me to form a choir uh, and uh, that night the choir practiced 50, 50 youngsters turned up for practice with no idea how to sing <laughs> no training but the Lord put it together we, we just sang our hearts out for Jesus and we started to go out round other churches and so that became a regular fixture in, in the Baptist church but out of the youth choir the Lord led us to put together a five-piece gospel group, guitar, drums, bass, so on. I played the drums at that time. Uh, and, um, 
Uh, we did quite well. Wherever we could, we went around. And we even made a record. Uh, and uh, for five years, we witnessed around the country, wherever we could, in all kinds of venues. Uh, and I was the secretary, and was all sorts of things. But I was also the secretary keeping the records. And at the end of that five years, we had seen 450 teenagers, one for Christ. And uh, it was a wonderful thing. And uh, we had many adventures doing it as we went around. Well, we also got an invitation from the BBC to uh, audition for uh, the Songs of Praise that was on at that particular time. But alas, they turned us down and they said that we were too evangelical. <laughs> so, so they've got that. Now, later on, with my wife Marjorie and her husband John, we formed our own uh, family group and we called it his family. And there again, we witnessed at churches and meeting goals all around wherever we could. And then we decided we it was time to settle. Oh, we're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tell me to stop for going on too long. We decided to settle in the, in the Methodist church. And uh, John and Wendy, uh, Mark's parents, they, uh, they joined the Young Married Fellowship, Young Married People. And so one night, I was sitting at home and I received a, an urgent telephone call. It was Wendy at their meeting at the house. And uh, she asked me if I would come over quickly. And uh, so I went over and there were six uh, married couples in, in the house. And they were in a distressed state because they had been discussing uh, relationships and uh, they had noticed uh, our family had something special and they wanted to know what it was and also what was lacking in their lives. Well Wendy stood up and gave her testimony and so then I told them pretty straightforward from the word that they needed Christ and they needed to be saved and uh, and so that was it the next day my telephone rang at home and never stopped ringing and uh, one by one all 12 of those young people confess Christ as Saviour. And so we were getting, hallelujah, amen. We were getting somewhere now. We were getting somewhere now. I took this group to the minister and handed them over to him. And he handed them over back to me and said, you look after them. Well, <laughs> yeah, 
I'll say, okay, we did that. Uh, and so then, um, week by week, we met in individual homes. And week by week, I began to teach them the doctrines of the Bible and the Christian faith. And you know, friends, they were hungry for the Word. And as I went through the doctrines, I purposely saved the doctrine of believers' baptism to the last, knowing that it would be a challenge for them. So that evening, uh, I, I went into a believer's baptism and at the end of the night, one by one, they stood up and said, I want believer's baptism. Well, uh, <laughs> you can see how the Holy Spirit works. You know, why? <laughs> what have you put me into? So I took it upon myself for various reasons not to involve the Methodist Church. But I did persuade a Christian brother I knew who had a private swimming pool at his home to let us use it for my 12 uh, little class. Well, the day came for the baptism and everything had been settled. I got a Pentecostal pastor that I knew. I booked him to come and do the official business. But he'd forgotten all about it and he was on holiday. <laughs> so then I got the group round and I knelt down and I down in front of them. They laid hands on me. I said, will you accept me for this hour as your pastor? And they said, we will. I said, right, we can get something done now. So then I went into the pool and with my friend who's born again Christian and uh, I said, will you help me to baptize these 12 people? And one by one, hallelujah, what an afternoon we had as they went through the waters and just give witness to the Lord Jesus hallelujah. Christ. Ah, amen. You can shout anything you like except get off. It's all right, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I thought, well, that's it. I've done my bit. Okay, Lord. And then somebody said, as we were coming out, and when are you going to hold the next believer's baptism, Bob? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and then I knew it had to be full committal to this cause the Lord was leading me into full committal and so I thought well here we go again so again I said nothing to the Methodist Church it was just the, the group but the group couldn't contain the witness and one by one the witness went around the people of the churches around Preston, that there was going to be a believer's baptism at a private pool. I, would, I got a private pool booked again, another one, another private pool, and that we were having 
a believer's baptism for all who, who wanted it. Well, I just didn't know what was going to happen. And I arrived at that private swimming pool there. And I was amazed because 14 new believers were standing by the side of the pool expecting believers' baptism. And believe me, brother, I was knocked out. You know, it, it was coming thick and fast. And anyway, we, uh, I asked one of our group to help me because I'm not so big and I'll need somebody up. I would... I was in danger of going down with them at the same time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, we got through those and we had a wonderful, a wonderful time. Uh, and the word got around Preston about these things and into the Methodist Church and I knew. I knew that at that time my days in the Methodist Church had come to a, an end. And so the various other things. Uh, went on um we had his family uh, group we were singing going on and then the day of my retirement came uh, from my day job i was age 64 then and the lord called me then i said what do you want me to do now lord I, nothing I, I, and uh i was offered uh a Bible study uh, by a recognized uh, religious source and uh, I had two options I was asked if I would like to take a layman's course or a pastor's course so I said layman's course that's me so I put the telephone down from the man I was speaking to I got back into my chair and the Lord said you've Pick the wrong course. Go back, phone him up, and you've taken the passes course. Well, okay, that's how that came about. And then, uh, being ordained uh, later on, after two years of study, uh, I was ordained uh, through a, a proper religious organization. Um, I was asked at my church, which had no pastor, if I would consider being temporary pastor while they got someone. That was Wycliffe work. Mark knows about Wycliffe. I said, fine. I said, I said I've got the credentials, you know, I've got the t-shirt, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I am an, an ordained guy. If I can do anything you want but I'll do it just as long as you want. And I said, in the moment, you don't want me. I said, I'm back in the pews. And they said, okay, you're temporary. So that went on for a while. And then eventually, he said, would you like to come and, uh, and have a word with the, de with the deacons? Or oh, I said, they're going to sack me, you know. Because I said, I'd go back. He said, we've decided that, uh, well, we're not going to bother with anybody else. <laughs> So you are our pastor now, permanent. And for the next 14 years, I was the pastor of Wycliffe Memorial 
evangelical church. You can rest a little while, I'm coming to a close, you'll be quite thankful about that. <coughs> but, and so, 2012 uh, came to the time when uh, I, 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 I had to retire, really, uh, from from the pastorate. Um, unfortunately, the Lord provided an American pastor to come in and he took over at that time. And so, uh, I came home and um, I, I preached around. And then COVID came in with the lockdown <coughs> and uh, and everything seemed to finish. And I couldn't do anything, no preaching or anything. And then when he suggested, I went on YouTube. And I thought, wow. So she suggested I went on YouTube. And that's where that came from. And week, well, nearly week after week, she sat there and I sat here and I just give little sermons, about 10 minutes, really basing upon things that people would remember from their, uh, from their church and children's days. <coughs> I'm not wasting any more of your time now. <coughs> Listen. Witnessing for Christ is never wasted. No matter how strange it may seem, out of line it may seem, out of the ordinary it may seem, and how many people think you are wrong doing it, it's never wasted. <clears throat> God says, my word that goeth forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11. Apostle Paul addresses his epistle to the Corinthians 1 verse 2. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus <coughs> and called to be saints. Are we doing all right? It's okay, Mark. <coughs> and called, listen, to be saints. <coughs> Many years ago, <coughs> I was call <coughs> called to be an airman in the Royal Air Force. I was no longer an individual, but a member of a team comprising many thousands, all with one purpose, to serve the king, to serve the king. Called, we are called to be saints. Who, who is a saint anyway? What is a saint anyway? This tells me who is a saint and what is a saint. Can I, can I just show you a little more? Let us spell out the word saint. S A I N T. That spells saint. 
S saved by the Son. That's salvation. Amen. A accepted by the Father. That's confirmation. Amen. I indwelt by the Spirit. That's illumination. N never doubting. That's determination. T trusting always. Amen. That's relaxation. Amen. Amen. Can you hear me? Are you all right? Uh, right. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Our theme is witnessing for Christ. If you can say amen, amen. to that, amen. then you are worthy. You're worthy to be witnesses. And whether it be with with a group, member of a group, or whether it may be just on your own always remember this dear friends it's the good news that we are testifying to Amen. the good news not the bad news it's the good news and its benefits these will attract sinners to Christ Charles Alton Spurgeon once said you can only save your friends. You can only save your friends. Mm -hmm. Now, as I go on into this word now, I suggest, I, only, I suggest, the Lord will tell us where to witness, how to witness. I suggest, and these things have been my principles throughout, I suggest we could witness to the four securities to be found in Christ. In Colossians 1, verses 13 to 14 I'll just go through them give thanks to the Father who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins delivered translated redemption forgiveness these are the four securities in Christ that I only suggest that we testify to the Lord the Holy Spirit will guide you into all things but I would suggest if you want a way to testify to these delivered delivered from the power of darkness delivered it's such a, a modern today word isn't it most of our modern shopping is done online with next day delivery promised and how great a care is taken to make sure that our purchases arrive safely and undamaged we're delivered from the power of darkness Amen. Christ in Christ we're delivered listen from the source of darkness from the state of darkness amen. from the schemes of darkness amen. and from the city of darkness amen we are delivered 
from the power of darkness. Amen. You know, one of the old gospel songs has this word, I'm going to stay right under the blood where the devil can do me no harm. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. And so we come on to the second one, translating. You know, in the Greek, translating means transferred. Oh, it's such a big thing with the football community. Isn't there? Transferred. One, one, one uh, uh, man has been a hundred million pound transfer fee. My word, we are transferred. We are transferred where into the kingdom of God. We are transferred from sin side to the Savior side in the twinkling of an eye. That's a that's a transfer that nobody else can match, football or anybody else. That's the greatest transfer known to man and to God. Therefore, says the word, if any man, any woman, be in Christ, he is, she is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The next one is redeemed. We're redeemed. Hallelujah. His blood. The very first quote. The very first verse ever given to me upon my conversion was from Isaiah 44 verse 22. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. And I took that to heart. Amen. Now the word redeemed, the Bible uses no less than seven different words to express our perfect redemption. The one used most mostly is the Greek word Lutru, Lutru, meaning the price paid for a slave. The price paid for a slave. And here is a picture of a marketplace where there are poor, unfortunate slaves paraded among, among the people and being prepared to be sold. The bids proceed and there is an increasing despair amongst the slaves and when suddenly suddenly there a man steps forward a rich man a rich man a compassionate man he steps forward and pays an astonishing price he pays a price for all the slaves Hallelujah. all of them and now they belong to him. They belong to him. Amen. Now I belong to Jesus. Amen. And the old hymn, Jesus belongs to me. Amen. Not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. Hallelujah. Amen. The price Jesus paid to God was not to Satan, not to Satan. Amen. It was to his Father for the sins of mankind. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. Mm. We owed a debt we could not pay. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More or less coming come to a landing now. 
For as much as ye know, ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Hallelujah. As a lamb without blemish and without spot. Praise the Lord. Aren't these good words? Amen. Amen. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. And lastly, and finally, and in conclusion, <laughs> so, many, so many pastors, brothers, you see, and now lastly, it goes on forever, doesn't it? <laughs> lastly, forgiven, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness 1 John 1 9 oh, oh yeah oh yeah uh, witness for Christ these these are many more things you can be true witnesses and tell people these are the things people want to know and, and I'm finishing now uh, by, by an illustration a young man, a student at a Bible college, was upset. He had committed a, a sin by some particular action. And he was very upset and sorrowful. And he was repentant. And that night in his room, after his studies, he prayed, Father, forgive me for this sin that I have committed. <clears throat> the next night, after his studies, he prayed, Father, forgive me for this sin that I have committed. The third night, after his studies, he knelt down beside his books and prayed, Father, Forgive me for this sin that I have committed. And God said, what sin? Is it worth witnessing for Christ? You bet it is. Amen.